everybody, welcome to the NBA Christmas special. You're here with uh, Joe Delera and producer Corey. How are you? Um, this is going to be a little bit of a deep dive. We're going to try to keep it quick for you. I know a lot of you aren't necessarily going to work um, today, uh, but you know you'll get the opportunity to maybe listen to this uh, early in the morning if you're traveling on Christmas or Christmas Eve, whatever it is. Um, and maybe you can secure the bag so that way all of your gift giving is free this year. So listen, uh, one of the trends that you've probably heard about, we've got this five-game slate here to, uh, on Christmas, and one of the trends you've probably heard about is Christmas Day unders. I think that this is something that uh, has now started perpetuating itself into uh, regular betting, casual bettors, like kind of know this, like bet Christmas Day unders whatever it is. And I, you know, I'm wondering to some extent if the books are going to adapt to this, but you know, it's also a holiday public's going to be betting on these games more so than probably normal. And no one wants to see less points. So, you know, I think you're going to see, it's going to be interesting. So there's some statistics and since 2005, the under hits at a rate of 64% on NBA games on Christmas day. All other games during the season, the under hits at 50.3%. So if you just blindly did this last year, for example, um, you would have been three for two or three and two last year. So 60% right. Not bad. Now, the interesting thing is that in starts before 530, the under hits at a higher percentage, 74%. I don't know if it's just because people are still like asleep or what the deal is. Or, you know, even these games that are early, you're not normally used to playing that early. But it's going to be tough for me to get up in time to bet. Yeah, I'll you're tell not, you that right You're going to have to bet them the night before, you know. So unwrap that Set out that the cookies. Up. Yeah. Oh, leave out the milk. Wait for these lines, the lines to post. <laughs> so, you know, if you're, if you're looking for a trend and you don't want to really think about it, you could bet these Christmas Day unders. Um, I'm just wondering now that betting is becoming more mainstream, whether or not these lines are going to be changed a little bit and they're going to not be where they would normally, you would normally expect them to be or where I'm projecting them to maybe be at right now, uh, just because they're, the books are going to think that people are going to want to bet that trend. Right. But there's that possibility that now that it's gone to a wider audience, they hear about the myth of betting the under on the NBA games on exactly. Christmas Day. So and they're just the gonna follow. So I'm not really sure, but that's it's something to think about here. So exciting. So <laughs> we're gonna start you off with the first game here. Uh, it's Boston at Toronto. That's at noon on ESPN. And currently the spread it's fluctuating around one minus one and a half Celtics. I'm seeing minus two and a half in some places. I grabbed the money line already at minus one twenty for the Celtics. Um, I think that that's good value. And now I'm gonna get into it a little bit more. So there's certain injuries to keep a lookout for. Mainly the Raptors have three key injuries. Norman Powell, Marc Gasol, and Pascal Siakam are all out. The Celtics... A-plus on the pronunciation. Thank you. I appreciate that. So the Celtics have Marcus Smart, questionable. He's got a problem with his eye. Uh, I'd imagine that he's going to play because it seems like it's just an infection. Um, And same with Gordon Hayward. Uh, He's questionable. I, I would imagine that he's going to play. Now, we don't have a huge sample size, but Gasol and Siakam have been out for the last two games. And the Raptors played both the Mavericks and the Wizards, teams that played a relatively fast pace. But in those games, the Raptors played to a 104.5 pace. What that means is that uh, per game, they're averaging about 104.5 possessions. Uh, and they had a net rating of 3.3, which is pretty good. 
Now, this is a couple ticks faster than their season average, so I'm not sure if they're going to be able to keep this pace up, but I think it could impact the total and something that you want to watch for because they're basically getting three extra possessions per game uh, with Alcasol and Siakam. So that's going to speed up not only them, but also whoever they're playing. Now, the Celtics play slow. They play the 23rd rated pace in the league at 99.32, so 99 possessions per game. Now, you're looking at two teams that play excellent defense, third and fourth in the league in terms of defensive rating. Now, they do this by limiting their opponents to the worst field goal percentage in the league besides the Bucks. Now, normally, you're looking at this and I'm saying, well, neither team is like significantly better on offense in terms of their true shooting percentage, um, and they both are really sitting at 56%. And what that means is uh, essentially like how good they're shooting from three-point range, regular field, field goals, and free throw percentage. So I'm looking for an outlier here. I'm trying to find something that gives one team the advantage over the other, and this is where you're going to look. The Celtics are a middle-of-the-road team in terms of rebounding uh, for their opponents per game, like in terms of how many they give up. So the Raptors are dead last. The Raptors give up the most rebounds per game to their opponents, which it sounds surprising coming from a team that is so good and has been so good even this year without, uh, without like with Kawhi Leonard leaving. But that's something that's an outlier here. And this shows and it's reflected because they give up the, they're 24th in the league in limiting opponents to second chance points. So you're looking at a team that gives up a lot of rebounds and is playing another team that's slow. So you're, I think the Celtics are going to be able to pick up some extra points here uh, that the Raptors aren't going to be able to limit them to because of the rebounding situation. Additionally, you're, the guys that are missing for the Raptors are their big men. You're, look, you're losing Marcus All, you're losing Pascal Siakam, and Norman Powell's small forward, power forward. So the guys that would normally be getting these rebounds and are still bad um, aren't even playing. So you're looking at you know, probably a boost for Abaka and Boucher if you're looking for some sort of player prop, but neither player is the same as Siakam. So the Raptors losing their best player in Siakam, losing one of their better defenders and uh, interior presences in Gasol, I think they're going to. I don't I think they're going to have a lot of trouble swallowing up that usage and uh, keeping those Celtics off the board and off the scoreboard. So. In this game, like I said, I'm going to take the healthy team, the team that rebounds better as second chance points, I think are going to be at a premium considering how excellent both of these defenses are. So when we're looking at this, I think that the team, we're taking the Celtics, I'm going to take them on the money line. I don't have a line yet for the over-under, but I'm projecting an over-under based on the pace and based on the way that they shoot around 218 points. If it's there or higher, I'm taking the under. If it's lower than that, it's probably a stay away for me. Um, so that's that game. All right. Um, the next game we have on the slate is probably one of the more interesting games and one of the games that people are probably looking for in terms of star power. And it's on at that 2.30 window. So you're probably settling into wherever you're going to be at for maybe like the day portion. You the know? sweet spot. Yeah, so you gotta get you got to finagle this game on TV somehow. It's at 2.30. It's on ABC. Most people have that channel, I would hope. Um, but you're going to try to get this game on. Turn that, you will log off. 
It's not gonna be the Yule log. It's gonna be a Christmas story, twenty four oh, hours. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So you're gonna have to find the preteen who's got the remote, wrestle that away from him. Yeah, and just tell him on. that Joel Embiid and Giannis are on. We're putting the Bucks and the Sixers on. <laughs> so, so basically, this game, it's right now, it's a pick, pick them, but it's kind of swung. I've seen Bucks plus one, and now I'm seeing Bucks minus one. No Bucks plus one really anywhere. So I've talked about both of these teams extensively before. You can read some of my prior write-ups uh, on the Oddscast uh, Instagram and on the Twitter. Uh, that way you can kind of get a feel for maybe what my thoughts are in terms of these teams a little bit uh, wider stance in a written form, but I'm going to talk about a lot of it now too. So I'm going to be back in the Bucks. The Bucks are the best team in the NBA, and Giannis is now hitting threes. So what a Christmas <gasps> present. I don't know how you defend this guy. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. He can score everywhere, and it's forcing teams to come out onto the three-point line to guard him. It, this is unbelievable. He's a matchup nightmare, and I don't see any way that anybody's going to be able to defend him. This is the feeling they, that the first victim to a Swiss Army knife felt. <laughs> Everything I can do, they can still get up on me. Yes. I throw a bottle at them, they have a bottle opener. Corkscrew, they got that too. What about and like the little uh, the little screws, toothpicks? Oh, nothing. Yeah, like exactly. That's exactly what's you going on. You can't cover here. that thing. No, you ha- always have an option, and uh, that's what the Bucks have in Giannis and their offense right now. So there's really only one injury to talk about here. The Sixers are going to be missing uh, Matisse uh, Thibault. That's definitely butchered, but it's okay. So uh, both of these teams excellent defensively. Uh, number one and number six, best defenses in the league. Uh, the Bucks are the number one. Um, but the Bucks have the number three offense in the league versus the Sixers at number 15. So this is in large part due to the Bucks owning the number two true shooting percentage of the league while also playing at the fastest pace in the league. So that's at 105.19 possessions per game at uh, 58.9% is their true shooting percentage. Now, that's compared to the Sixers, who are 12th in pace at 100 point, or no, they're 18th in pace at 100.31, and they're 12th in true shooting at 56.7. So you might look at that and kind of say, well, like, Joe, like, that's not really a huge difference here. Like, they're both shooting uh, exceptionally well. The thing is that it's, I, the Bucks are going to be able to kind of dominate this game in terms of the pace, in terms of the way that they want to play. And the Bucks thrive on doing what the Sixers don't do. The Sixers don't shoot threes. So I fell into this trap the last time when the Bucks played the Lakers. And I was kind of convinced the Lakers were going to win. And essentially my analysis was that the Lakers excelled in the interior and those high percentage shots would be better in a game with two elite defenses. So we had this whole discussion. I was like... It's still LeBron's league, whatever. Now, the Sixers are similarly composed. They score the fifth highest percentage of points in the league from two-point range and the sixth fewest from three. This is almost identical to the Lakers, who score the third most from two and the fifth fewest from three. So very similar in terms of how they play. The Bucks reign threes. They score 35.6% of their points from three. So that's a lot of points there. So both teams limit second chance points. So what this means is essentially that the team that shoots better and takes more valuable shots should have the edge. And that here is the Bucks. So the Sixers per 
essentially what we're looking at here is the Bucks don't have to be as good to win this game because if they shoot, if they make two threes for every three twos that the Sixers make, the game's tied. And that goes into the fact that like they're playing so fast, they're getting these opportunities, so on and so forth. Now, the Sixers per 100 possessions have the number one defense in terms of limiting three-point attempts. Sounds like a problem, Joe. Like, what are we doing here? Did you just read my mind? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. So the problem is that they give up the least, but they fall to 12th for three-point percentage allowed. So essentially, they're giving up. They're not giving up as many. Like, it doesn't kind of correlate here. Like, when they're giving up the threes, they're kind of giving them up at a better percentage anyway. So this is a trend for their overall attempts as well, as the Sixers are number three in field goal attempts allowed per game, but fall to 14th for opponents' field goal percentage. Now, this is exactly the opposite as the Bucks, who allow the second most shots per game, but lead the league in opponent field goal percentage. So the main thing the Bucks do, and this is, goes into what we're talking about strengths and weaknesses of the team, is they drive and they kick, they shoot a lot of threes. But when they play defenses, they just anchor themselves into the paint and they draw teams into taking poor percentage three-point shots and take them out of their comfort zone. Whereas the Bucks are designed to do that and shoot threes. The Sixers are not, and most teams are not really necessarily designed to do that uh, currently in the Eastern Conference. So, And it allows the Bucks to limit opponents' second-chance opportunities because they're shooting these bad shots, essentially. Um, it's really going to come down to whether the Sixers can score twos with the Bucks while the Bucks shoot threes, and I don't see that happening. So my bet here is I'm betting the Bucks money line at minus 102. And of note, for those of you uh, using FanDuel, there's a FanDuel promotion right now. A $50 money line bet on either team gets you $3 per three made. So if you're thinking about what I just said, which team shoots threes? The Bucks. So value, you know, see value, take value per Don DeLeo. <laughs> wow, you've sold me. God bless. Go Bucks. <laughs> you're like, this is a lot of information here. So next game sucks. This game sucks. This is just not what we thought we were going to be seeing. Would this uh, be a good time for your mid-afternoon nap on Christmas Day? This would be a decent time for dinner, at least. You know, like maybe you can start like pay a little bit of attention to that like nephew that you don't really like, but you like kind of need to pay Put attention your time to. In. Yeah, spend a little time with the cousin. Say hello to that aunt that you don't really want to talk to that made you leave the state so that you can't bet on this game. Uh, <laughs> so this is the game. If you're gonna miss a game in the middle of the day slate this is the one rockets warriors 5 p.m on abc ew yeah the rockets are 10 point favorites and the money line is minus 600 <laughs> get the fuck out of here yeah, the warriors are so bad Good. so we we're not betting this game um well we are but that's not the point so place your bet take a nap yeah the rockets beat the warriors on november uh 6th and they beat them 129 to 112. D'Angelo Russell didn't play in that game. This is the one game, in my opinion, that screams over. So the reason being is that the Warriors give up the worst percent. They have the worst opponent's field goal percentage uh, in the league uh, from three-point range. And they give up 39.2% from three-point range. So what that means is that opponents are shooting like basically 40% from three. And the Rockets 
score 39.4% of their points from three-point range, like just not surprisingly, and they shoot 50% of their balls from three-point from three range. So the Rockets don't score in the paint, and I think the bet here and the play here is, because I think this is going to be a blowout, is you take the Rockets team over, and I'm looking around like 117. Um, I think that the spread is going to be... Uh, it's 10, so you figure the over-under might be like 227 or so, and I think you're looking at like 117 for the Rockets here. So the one issue here is that the... And the reason that I'm not going to bet the total game is that I think this is going to be a blowout, and I think the pace is going to slow. And then I also think that the Rockets... They're ranked 17th for opponent field goal percentage, which is fine. But the Warriors just aren't the Splash Bros anymore. Like, everybody thinks of the Warriors, they shoot threes, they shoot threes, they shoot threes. They score the second fewest points in the league off of three. And they shoot the third fewest three-point shots. Those are incredible stats. So it's just, it's just like they're totally <laughs> different from like where they're totally different from what you thought this team was going so to be. So that was a lie. Yeah. So they're just not going to score. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the Rockets at all. I'm taking the Rockets team over here. All right. Now this this is the highlight of the day. I think Clippers Lakers again rematch opening day 8 p.m. On ESPN and ABC, I guess. Um, I'm Would not you have really... a little dessert coffee right now? Right about now? I get think, ready, get the heart going? Yeah, like you want to be having that espresso uh, probably around 7 o'clock. You want to be up for this game. Um, now, it's basically a pick em. The main thing here is that if LeBron plays, you, we bet the Lakers. If not, then we're betting the Clippers. But I think the thing is, if you like the Clippers originally, bet them now because you'll probably get better value. If you'll, well, you'll definitely get better value. If LeBron sits, like they're going to move from being from being like a pick them. They're going to probably be like yeah. four or five point favorites. Um, LeBron's worth that much to the spread. And also, like in a game like this where you're playing basically superstars like that, it really is going to matter if he plays or doesn't play. Um, if he does play, you might lose a little closing line value, but if you like the Clippers anyway, you're not really going to care too much. Um, so they're basically identical in terms of offensive, defensive, net rating. They're fourth and fifth. We need to just we need to kind of dive in closer onto this. And I've talked about how the Lakers dominate the paint. They score the majority of their points from the paint, uh, third most in the league. And it's not going to bode well for the Clippers, who are the fifth worst team in terms of stopping their opponents from collecting offensive rebounds. So it's interesting that the Sixers, though, or the Clippers, rather, are sixth best at limiting second-chance points. So it's kind of odd that they don't stop offensive rebounds, but they somehow limit second-chance points. It really doesn't really make a lot of sense. Pushing people out of bounds? Yeah, I don't know what's... I really don't know what's up with that. It's kind of weird. So I don't I don't really understand that. Um, but the issue here, to me, is that the Lakers are literally just bigger than the Clippers. So you're looking at Anthony Davis, uh, Dwight Howard, Javal McGee, even LeBron and, like, Kyle Kuzma, and they lead the league in second-chance points. So I think that this is a weak spot for the Clippers matchup-wise against the Lakers when, you know, like, their big guy is, you know, like, Avaka Zubak and Montrezl Harrell. Like, those those guys are not – they're not big. Like, they're not, they're not going to impose their will in the paint. They're not going to really force these other guys to get out of the – like, and not get these rebounds. Um, so, you know, and they both score a lot of their points from two-point range. 
Uh, the Lakers are eighth, the Clippers are 11th, and they score over 50% of their points from two. So I think that having the bigger, the bigger guys here is going to make a huge difference. So the main thing here is, like, while they sound very similar in terms of how they score and whatever and, like, the types of point, shots that they like to take, the main thing here is that the Lakers love – the clip basically the Lakers love to pass into a shot, whereas the Clippers like to take unassisted field goals. So I think that this is better for the Lakers because ordinarily you're looking at Paul George, Kawhi, Lou Williams. Those guys are just they they always can basically score at will. Um, they they're phenomenal with the basketball. They can basically win almost any one on one matchup. But the problem is you're looking at a Lakers team that has excellent defense here, and they can cover these guys one-on-one. So, and then they're going to have even more trouble like in doing some pick-and-rolls because you, you're going to have trouble getting into the paint with Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Javal McGee kind of clogging up the lane there. So I think this is going to be a demanding game for those major stars, and I think the team with the stronger supporting cast can win this. And I think the Lakers have a better bench. You've seen now when... Kawhi, like in certain games where Kawhi either doesn't play or Paul George doesn't play, basically no one scores. Like there was a game I think recently, and uh, Beverly was out. Um, they were missing. I think Harold might have been out too. And you saw Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both score forty points because, and Lou Williams was out because just nobody could score. They just have no one else. It's just those guys. So the Clippers are kind of that team where you're talking about them. You're like they're really good if they're all playing. And I don't, I just don't know if they're going. I don't know if we're going to be seeing that. Like I don't. I think that the team with the bigger depth is going to be better. And uh, I think that the team that's bigger is also going to be better here. So I kind of like two different things. I kind of like the under um, here, and I like the Lakers' money line. So I think that both teams score a lot of twos. They don't really shoot too many threes. Um, And I think that the Lakers are going to play a little bit slower of a game here. And the opening day over-under was 224. I'd expect something similar to that, even though that game they missed the... They were under by 10 points. Now, I might to look like to live bet this one, so like please come back into the state if you had to leave the state, because uh, this is might maybe a game that you want to live this bet. This is where that coffee comes in handy. Yeah, this is where you need to be sharp, agile fingers. Stay, stay watching the game. Remember watch your how they're playing and be ready because I think that if you see an over under here, I think both teams might come out hot. Uh, they're kind of familiar with each other. They've played each other once this year. Um, but I do think that there's going to be a more defensive-minded approach in the second half of the game. So I'm taking Lakers' money line and probably a live bet on the under. Last game. We We're almost here. made it here. We're here. Uh, I've given you a lot of stats. This game is terrible as well. So if you just want to like not bet this game, that's also fine. <laughs> um, it's at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN. Pelicans at the Nuggets. And it really sucks that Zion's hurt. Uh, the Pelicans stink, but it doesn't mean that there's no value here. So the spread is plus 10, and uh, the Pelicans are plus 430. The Nuggets are minus 500. Um, over the last 10 games, the Nuggets have the third best net rating in the NBA, and the Pelicans are the third worst. <laughs> so <laughs> the Nuggets play the slowest pace in the league, 
and the Pelicans play the seventh fastest, but they just can't, they just stink. So <laughs> neither team really shoots well either. It's very like the Pelicans are running up and down the court, trying to shoot bad, turning it over. Like it's no one's <laughs> yeah, business. Like, it's, it's insane. Like it's like, just slow down, gather yourselves. And they just don't, they just take bad shots. So they both are in the bottom third in terms of shooting percentage or effective shooting percentage. So the interesting thing though, is that the Pelicans actually beat the nuggets on Halloween. And the Pelicans won 122 to 107 in New Orleans, and this went over. So the biggest thing there, and I think this is where we might get some value on the line, is that in that game, both teams shot 48% for the Nuggets and 53% for the Pelicans, both of which are like 5 and 10 percentage points higher than their season averages. So I think that if people are looking back at this game and they're saying, well, the line was set here, it went over, it still only went over by uh, like 5 points or so. So you're not really looking at like, and they shot the lights out in that game where they don't shoot well normally. So if you're going to bet any game on the under, this is the one to bet. The last game of the day, you can set this and forget it because you don't want to be watching a game rooting for the under that kind of is, like, boring. But Denver is the number one team on the under in the league at 18-10, and 10, and New Orleans is the number 11 team on the under at 16-14. and 14. The only concern here is that Denver's going to destroy New Orleans uh, in the paint with Fat Jokic, and as they give up the fourth most points in the league to uh, in the paint to opponents, and Denver scores the sixth most points in the paint by percentage in the league. So if you're worried that Denver's going to run up the score, I bet the Pelicans team under, and I'm probably looking at a total around 107 for that. So uh, that's kind of the breakdown here. I'm going to give you the picks one more time. I'm looking at... Uh, Celtics money line minus 120 over under probably under 218 if that shows up I'm looking at Bucks money line uh, and don't forget about that FanDuel promo if it, you are so inclined I'm looking at the Rockets team over I'm hoping to see somewhere around 117 and then I'm looking at Lakers money line and probably a live under bet somewhere in like the 224 range or so and then for the last game of the day, I'm thinking under here, probably going to be similar. It's probably going to be like 224. And uh, I'm also thinking about the Pelicans team under maybe like 107. So I hope everybody has a Merry Christmas. Hopefully you can pay for some of your gifts here. Uh, and if you want to bet that under trend, go ahead. Uh, we support it. Um, but it might not be the most fun thing to watch out for. Don't forget to put out the cookies. Yeah, don't, don't forget about the cookies. And like make sure that you put out almond milk coconut milk regular milk yeah we don't know what this poor guy's gut looks like yeah i mean for all we know or, or worst case scenario um you could put like a lactate pill by it yeah hook a brother up yeah he's so, got a long night yeah who knows like who, he's gonna be eating a lot of cookies drinking a lot of milk i'm gonna like, pop a lactate pill before my cappuccino at about 7 30 you are you a lactate fan yeah do they work yeah my brother was super lactose intolerant until he started taking those well i'm glad that they work though, yeah so. they definitely work and uh, he is now not sensitive to dairy anymore. I don't know what happened there. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, because I have a dairy allergy, and I feel like he I've did. gotten like I don't better. Know what the fuck I've gotten better with it. I don't know what it is. I think it's like kind of like the allergy shots, except like the doctors like we'll just go eat it. <laughs> eventually, you'll stop shitting your pants. <laughs> like and you'll eventually, like over in your pain. body will figure yeah. out what to do. It's like literally just figure it out. Imagine telling somebody with celiac disease that. <laughs> figure it out, you. Bitch. I know you're red and swollen, <laughs> but just keep going. Just keep going. You got you got it made. You're doing good. So, 
Um, Moral of the story, keep going. Bet keep everything, going. except for that last game. Yeah, and if you do, just bet the under and then go yeah, to bed. Yeah, take your lactate pill and then bet it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, we, we gave you some outlines here. Let us know what you think about this. I know it's a lot of information to be given to, like, given, like, We'll post your write-up. To. We'll post the highlights of your write-up. So, we'll, uh, we'll post some, like, uh, you know, some uh, synopsis out there, but... Uh, hopefully you listened, hopefully you enjoyed, and hopefully uh, it helps you in terms of looking forward when you're doing some betting, uh, moving forward on like what I'm looking at, or at least you understand what I'm looking at, so you kind of can go, oh, yeah, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yes, listen to Joe and his numbers. So just it's a lot of numbers, but um, you know it's something interesting, and I think that it kind of shows uh, why we're doing what we're doing. Definitely works. But a look inside. God bless. Oh, oh, oh. Bye.